from our New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Peter. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. Uh, Zach, what's going on, man? What are you drinking? Uh, excellent question. Um, you know, what I've been into really lately, and this is not going to come as a huge surprise to you, I don't think, uh, but I've been not. drinking I've been drinking a lot of rye. Uh, just, you know, it's it's brown liquor season, I think, for both of Dark us, probably. Stormies, rye, come on, man. I'm just saying, dude, like, I, what, what do you want from me? It's January, man. Like, it's a depressing-ass time of year. Nothing's happening. It is uh, the worst, isn't it? Like these are these are what we call the dead months. Oh God! Like February is like February is bad, and in my line of work, it's actually in some ways like it's a little busier than January sometimes. But you know, it has that like god awful Valentine's Day stretch in it. Uh, but like January is just like everything's depressing, man. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, everyone is not drinking. They're not going out to eat. Even the people who do go out are like half the time they're just like, oh yeah, we got a gift card, but we've like never been to your restaurant, so like. <laughs> You know, can we get a pizza? It's just kind of like it's just all the worst. And then, and so like, I need rye, man. I need, and it's just like just straight. I'm no cocktails for me this week. Just straight rye whiskey, maybe with maybe with an ice cube if I feel like it. How about Hilarious. you? Hilarious. I mean, so I've been drinking. I mean, we've got a bunch of Chianti that came in the office. Chianti Classics. We're doing a big uh, tasting for ratings, so I've been drinking a lot of that, which has been delicious. Uh, also, I've been drinking a lot of water. So, yeah, I mean, it's boring, right? Like January's boring. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's boring. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that at least we can talk to your your boy Nick, and he'll tell us that Detroit's fun and maybe not as boring in January. Although I feel like it's just as cold, if not colder, than New York, and so maybe everyone also hibernates there. But I don't know. So, anyways, <laughs> get us into this, Zach. What we're, we're chatting about Detroit today? Why? Uh, well, so, you know, I thought it would be really cool. I, I wanted to talk about some some cities over the, over the next little while that I think just have interesting things going on in their drink scene. And uh, I will freely admit that I have not been to Detroit outside of the airport um, ever. But uh, but I, I met uh, I've met a couple of people from Detroit who have said a lot of uh, who have made their way out to Seattle, who have said a lot of good things about the. The drink scene. And uh, so joining us today on the podcast is uh, Nick Britsky. He's the host of Nick Drinks and uh, a Detroit resident or at least a resident nearby. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. Hello. What's up, Nick? Thanks for having me on. This is great. Oh, yeah. Our, our pleasure. So let's start with, with my first question, which is kind of like, you know, this is going to be probably bore, or not not your favorite question because I feel like, you know, probably people from Detroit are sick of hearing about it. But like from my, from my uh, perspective, I think about Detroit and I'm like, man, does anyone still live there? Um <laughs> But but at the same time, you know, we've sort of heard that over the last uh, last few years, there's been a little bit of revitalization. You know, the, the downtown area has been redeveloped. There's there's interesting things going on in the food and beverage scene. And, and I don't expect you to cover all that in the next couple minutes. But but what is going on? And, and is it true that that the city has sort of, if not come all the way back post recession, is at least in a in a pretty vibrant place? Oh, 100%. You know, I, a lot of people never left Detroit and always uh, were were gung-ho and pushing for it. You know, it just didn't have some of the money and investments that it needed to kind of grow the restaurant and hospitality scene. Uh, with some new restaurants coming in, um, I'd largely uh, do a huge shout out to uh, Michael Simon, who opened Roast. Um, and that was, uh, God, at least at least seven, if not more years ago. That, I think, kind of showed people that hey, Detroit can support some of these newer restaurants. Not saying there weren't some good restaurants before, but that was kind of the first new kind of big one that 
got people excited with um, a lot of uh, cocktails and great food and things like that. And I think that kind of set off this domino effect of new places coming in. Um, two big cocktail bars opened up, Sugar House and the Oakland. That started getting people excited about cocktails. Um, you know, now that we are in you know 2019, we have people winning competitions globally, uh, competing nationally. We have brands that are coming in all the time. We have a shortage of bartenders and um, servers. It's it's a huge, great time to be kind of in the industry. Um, but separately, kind of from just an investment side, there's new buildings going up. People are excited to go downtown and hang out at uh, LCA, the Little Caesars Arena, see the concerts there. I mean, it's been so cool to see the growth from when I was young. And you would just kind of go to Detroit, see a concert, and then like run home to now um, just the energy that's there. It's it's really fun. So, I mean, Nick, uh, I have family from Michigan. Um, my dad's entire side's from Grand Rapids. Uh, and I guess we always growing up, that was always my opinion to kind of didn't go to Detroit unless you were there to, for an event, like to see the lions play. Um, but the, the other thing I knew about Detroit was that <clears throat> Detroit was really an auto city, right? Like it was a town built by the auto industry. We all know, obviously the auto industry hasn't had its best years. And a lot of that, correct me if I'm wrong, was part of the, the reason that Detroit kind of fell on hard times, um, there's some of that. Yep. What is the the dominant industry in Detroit now? Like if you're not in the restaurant business, like why are people moving there? Is it startups? Is it a, a, a whole a whole host of things? Like what is attracting people to Detroit? Well, I think what's cool about Detroit is everyone had their side hustle. You know, I'm, I'm a great example of that. I don't do cocktails and hospitality stuff full time. I actually do have a J job. So this is kind of what I do for fun and excitement. Um, everyone has all these great talents, you know, when you develop this huge workforce of people that can make things and produce things in factories, they go off and, and build other stuff. So we have this, this great amount of talent that have gone off to do other new projects. Um, you know, Quicken and Bedrock, they got started here and, or you know, have their main headquarters here. So we have kind of that little financial real estate thing that's building up. Uh, we have, um, the autos have kind of leveled. So now they're not like, you know, just completely imploding on themselves. There is some some growth that's happening there to some extent. You know, I'm sure people will fight me on that. But there is still some of that energy from there as well. Uh, tourism, you know, now we're getting people that are seeing that Detroit is coming back to come see the the scene, come check out the museums, things like that. It's, it's not perfect, but it's definitely a, a, a new energy that I think have gotten people excited about the city again. And that has brought them back. You know, we are more people are moving downtown than ever before. They're building all these new, um, uh, what do you call them? <laughs> apartments. And people are living downtown again, which is different because previously people were moving out to the suburbs. So there is this huge energy about them. So from a beverage perspective, what where does Detroit take its cues from? Like what what cities, what what scenes, you know, obviously there's there's the internal creativity that you you alluded to, but you know I think most most everywhere these days, you know, whether it's just following people on Instagram or or uh, you know, uh checking out the right blogs or whatever, you know, people people definitely get their influences and and so what like what other what other cities or what other drink scenes does does Detroit seem to draw uh influence from? I'm certainly people argue would argue that Detroit has their own thing, but um, I see influence kind of from the Canada side, you know, being so close to Windsor and then not too far away from Toronto. We do have some of that influence. You see a lot of Canadian whiskey and things like that. Um, Chicago right around the corner, Cleveland down a little bit further. Um, it's 
all of those together, even Pittsburgh to some extent, kind of have that rust belt feel where we kind of, you know, pick ourselves up from our bootstraps and kind of had to reinvent ourselves a little bit. Uh, you see some similarities between that. Um, I don't know if we have like a, like Chicago has like a Malort. I don't think we have anything like we kind of hang our head on. <laughs> Malort's also really of, gross, but yeah. It's it's tough. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, we we've got we've picked up a bunch of distilleries that have kind of started making their own name for themselves. Uh, we have two uh, Aquavit companies now that are in Michigan, so maybe that could be a thing that we start doing. Uh, tons of beer. I mean, knowing people from Grand Rapids, there's tons of beer on Grand Rapids. Tons of beer on the east side. So beer, I think, has kind of helped influence as well. So a little bit of Chicago, a little bit of uh, you know Canada, you know probably some of the coasts are in there as well. People move in and out of Michigan, so I think we have a we're a little bit of a melting pot too. So my my biggest question is, you know, you do hear that there's a lot of like a characterization I often hear is like, oh, like Detroit is just like Brooklyn and Michigan. Is that really true? Or is that just people lazily saying, you know, lazily describing basically Detroit based on the fact that they've heard that like Brooklyn is full of hipsters and they make things? Yeah, I, I think there's a little more of an edge than Brooklyn. Um, I, I've, I've been to New York a number of times. I think uh, – Brooklyn's a little safe compared to uh, Detroit. And I'm not saying that from a like a public safety thing. I'm saying just for more of an edge. Uh, I feel like Detroit is very much like, hey, we're going to do our thing. We're going to make it awesome. And if you don't want to help, that's fine. We got a bunch of Detroiters that can help. So I feel like it's it's tough to compare to Brooklyn. Um, I, I really see it as, as our kind of our own thing. You know, there's some similarities between the other Rust Belt cities, but there's, you know, there's definitely this great art scene, but it's it's a little more kind of rough and refined and edgy. Uh, there's the, the hospitality scene. There's the music scene. Um, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't compare it to Brooklyn. I'm trying to think what else I would compare it to, though, because I don't know New York as well. But it's its, its own thing. That's not a great answer, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I'm wondering too, you know, the one of the things that seems like it's happened in in Detroit is you have sort of a, a, a real bifurcation of the of the customer base based on, you know, age and maybe to some extent uh what people do for work and things like that. You know, you talk about, you know, sort of the growth of the cocktail scene and, and all that. Is that mostly being fostered by people in their twenties and thirties? And and kind of to come back to a question that Adam asked a little bit, are those mostly people who are themselves working in hospitality or or is there has there been sort of a growth in people who have come to either are from Detroit or the area originally or have moved there for work who are who are helping kind of support this growth in the restaurant and, and uh bar scene uh that maybe have a different set of sensibilities than uh, a older generation uh, in Detroit. You, uh, you know, and I would say that not hospitality isn't driving everything. There's just no way it could do that. Um, but certainly the, the feeling that you get from the, uh, the different staff that are in hospitality does have a good representation of them. You know, they are, they tend to be a little more artsy. They tend to be a little more tied into what's cool and hip and happening in the city. Um, I think, what's largely driving a lot of this stuff is a little bit of the younger generation. Um, and I would say that's even kind of younger to me than me to some extent. I'm 37, but you know, the, there are, there is some older population that that is coming back. You know, I've tried to drag my parents downtown a little bit to see some of this stuff. They're kind of so, so on everything. Um, I think it maybe is just, they've, they, they're happy with their life that they have kind of out in the burbs. Um, but really the people that have grown up, you know, in the city proper, and some of the younger people kind of from out from the burbs, they're more than happy to go out, hang out downtown, embrace themselves in that culture, and, you know, kind of bring it out back a little bit. Uh, there's a city called Ferndale 
which is right right on the edge of Detroit, that is really this great vibe of energy and creativity. There's some wonderful bars and restaurants that will open up there. As you get further out from Detroit, it's not as kind of cool and hip. Uh, I would say I'm in Royal Oak, which is the next city past Ferndale, and it's a little more of the you know older population, retirees, things like that. You get out to like Birmingham, which is a lot of money, but not necessarily that cool hip vibe. Certainly there's some restaurants that are doing some cool things, but nothing like what's happening down in Detroit with the excitement that's happening there. I, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of went in a circle a little bit. <laughs> it's all good. That's yeah, okay. Can I ask you one thing, though, that is one of the things that people always tout to me about what makes Detroit awesome? And since you're a drinks person, uh, I figured you're the best person to ask. So one of the things I always hear about with Detroit that we don't have in New York, and I'm just wondering if it's a, a law loophole or whatever, and I'm not sure if you have in Seattle – Maybe you do, Zach, and now I'm just going to seem like the only loser that doesn't have this awesome opportunity. But <laughs> in our wine shops, you also can't have a restaurant, right? So, like, you can't sell wine over the counter and sell the bottle to go outside the door for retail and serve food. But in Detroit, I heard, like, that's a big thing and, like, kind of what's making some of the coolest wine shops super cool. Is that – that is true, Yes. Yes, I would say it's not huge, but there are a couple places that are doing it really, really well. And there like obviously who? is some law that allows you to do it. Oh, the Royce. The Royce wine bar is killer. And they um, basically, it's a it's a bottle shop that has this amazing kind of charcuterie and cheese set up. You can get, oh, there's probably 30, 20 to 30 bottles by the glass. Um, but if you just want to grab something off the wall, it's 10 bucks more. So you pay the price, you add 10 bucks for corkage, and you can just sit there and have a wonderful night. So they're doing a really good job, so much to the fact that she opened a restaurant now, so the owner is Ping, um, and she opened a restaurant where now she's doing like a butchery. So it's kind of like the same concept where you have this full butcher, but then you have this restaurant next to it as well. So it's really interesting you can do that. There are a couple shops that are doing the, I'm trying to think of other ones that are doing kind of the bottle combination. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it just opened up. It's with the new La Fieria. That's a tapas place, and next door they just opened a wine shop where they also have nibbles, but they're going to do a bunch of sherries, which I'm super excited about that people are starting to discover some of those fortified wines and stuff. So hopefully that'll continue on. Oh, no, no, no. Don't tell me Detroit's also going to try to make sherry a thing. Because, you know, like Brooklyn tried it, it didn't take off. Now Detroit's going to try it, it didn't, it's not going to take off. Like we as we oh, as people in the drinks profession just need to get over the fact that those besides us don't like it. I tried to serve it at a dinner party this last weekend and like three of my friends were like, what is this? I hate it. And I was like, it's sherry. It's awesome. <laughs> Adam. Adam, save that for another podcast, saying. man. We got that one coming up. <laughs> well, but I think also I wanted to I wanted to point out that uh, yes, you absolutely can do both retail and on premise sales. Oh, so we in just Washington here as well. New so uh, New York, get on, get on your game, New York. Well, and to go back uh, to I mean, really quickly to go back to Sherry, I think as we're in January, kind of dry January, talking about you know no alcohol cocktails, low ABV cocktails. Those fortified wines are great because you can sip on more of them. I was just interviewing someone in Detroit who did a uh, Amaro soda, which has no alcohol. And Amaros are like one of those go-to for bartenders if you don't want to kind of get obliterated and just have a little sip at the end of the night. Uh, that is just such a cool concept to go with some of these low ABV spirits. It's like, yes, go do them. Go make them because it, you can drink more and you have more fun. <laughs> true, true, true. Well, it's definitely good business for bars if you can sell more drinks. Um, Nick, my, I think kind of my last question for you in – it's a kind of a it may be a hard question to answer, but I, I hope you can. 
what are the like couple of if you had to say like okay you know you're coming to to Detroit to visit and not so much you can you're welcome to cite specific places but like what are the couple of the drinks whether it's a couple of beers spirits cocktails wines whatever that you're like not necessarily local although that's also great but that just that seem to be you know in some way or another kind of tied to the identity of of Detroit. You know, one thing I've heard is that like like a lot of other Rust Belt cities, there's a really strong affinity for um Italian wine in Detroit. Um and so if there if there are other things in that ballpark or if that's uh, not correct, please correct me. But but what is it that that the what are the beverages that really define Detroit? Yeah. So I mean I mean beer, there's lots of beer, there's lots of experimentation with beer, there's tons of brewers all over the place. Um, I mean, that's not a fun and exciting story, though. If I do had to pick something that I think had a cool tie to Detroit, uh, I would say it kind of bases around the last word. So we got chartreuse, lime, gin, and uh, what's the thing I'm missing? One other oh, ingredient. you're missing maraschino liqueur. Thank you. Yes. And that was invented at the DAC, the Detroit Athletic Club. Uh, it was kind of brought back to life by the guys out in Seattle. Thank you for that. That's right. And now that we've kind of taken that and bring it, brought it back to the city a little bit more, we, there's a restaurant that opened up called Chartreuse. And it is one of the best accounts in the U.S. for selling chartreuse. So they've kind of put their put the stake in the ground saying like, we have all the chartreuses there. We're going to use these fresh, great herby ingredients when we make our food, but we're also going to use chartreuse in most of the cocktails and bring in some of the weird, strange chartreuses that you never see probably outside of France. You know, there's the VEPs and all that good stuff, but there's like strange, uh, you know, single vintage bottles and uh, things that came out, you know, only for one year, never came out again. And the, the people from chartreuse are like, oh, this is great. You have this space here. So I think that is a little bit of an identity with Detroit, that kind of that chartreuse. You'll see a lot of chartreuse being used around the city. Um, you know, besides that, I talked a little bit about Aquavit, you know, because we have Norden and we have Long Road. They're, um, you know, kind of these homegrown boys. So seeing them in a lot of cocktails is kind of fun and brings up some like Midwest Scandinavian-ish roots, if you will. Um, God, besides that, what else is kind of hooked up? <laughs> I mean, there definitely is wine. I mean, we do have a lot of wine here. Um, we grow a little bit with um, like, like Mobby does some great sparkling products. So you'll see a lot of their products around here. But I still think kind of uh, California wines, you know, tend to be on a lot of menus too. Interesting. So Yeah, beer. I mean, you can get great Nick, beers here. I'm going to get more personal than Zach did. And <laughs> to, to end this uh, conversation about Detroit, here's what I need you to do. You need, to, you need to get personal, you need to get political, you need to have some favorites here. I need you to walk me through an ideal weekend in Detroit if I come. So where do I stay? I need the hotel's name. Where do I eat? Okay. Where do I drink? What do I do? So if I fly in on like a Friday afternoon, I'm leaving on like a Sunday afternoon, so I've got 48 hours basically in Detroit, what am I doing? Well, to give you a nice taste of Detroit, I would have you stay at the Shinola Hotel. It is a brand new hotel that just opened up. It has that nice tie to the city with the watches. Uh, but additionally, there are two fantastic places that you can eat and drink there. Uh, the San Morello just opened up a great Italian space, which has a um, big, for temporarily, we have the sommelier that is from uh, Brooklyn that is helping us out. Uh, Josh, I can't think of his name right now. He used to be on Uncorked, the TV show. 
Interesting. Anyway, okay. um, but then Evening Bar is going to be opening up a beautiful, beautiful bar with gold leaf on the ceiling, um, headed up by uh, Chaz Williams. So he's going to be doing cocktails there. So that gives you three little stops there. You can sip, you can drink, you can sleep. But from there, you can go explore the city. You know, down the road, you have Candy Bar, this beautiful, beautiful bar with pink everything, but it's not as gaudy as you imagine. It's very comfortable and kind of Miami feeling to it. Incredible cocktails there. Go a little bit further out, you can go to The Godfather, which is Sugar House. They really started a lot of the craft cocktails in the Metro Detroit area. That's going to get you on Michigan Avenue. From there, you can check out Lady of the House. She's won um, a ton of recognition from James Beard to, um, oh, I can't think of the other awards that she's from right now, Kate Williams, but she does some great work as well. They do have a good cocktail program there. Around the corner, you can go to Batch Brewing. They're a nano brewery making incredible, incredible beers. Grab yourself a quick sandwich at Mudgie's, very old school representation of a Detroit deli. Um, I mean, that's going to get you a good start right there. If you want to like late night, go to Bad Luck Bar. Bad Luck Bar is doing some incredible cocktails. They get like um, old uh, casks of rum that are from like the... Uh, uh, early 1900s where they're put, putting those out by the the sips uh, you can go to deluxe flux which is a club kind of underground great lighting um, really fun space but it's also run by the guys that do standby so they have amazing kegged cocktails on draft oh wow i would say that would give you a lot i mean there are probably a good 80 places i could recommend and those are just on the top kind of being forced into a corner that i would talk about so i hope no one's going to yell at me and send bad uh, email about that but there is so much happening in Detroit. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. It's such a good time to be here and drink. I mean, you you make me want to come, which is great. It's I was going to say, a I'm going to quick flight from New York. <laughs> yeah, it's a little longer from Seattle, but uh, you know, I could probably make that work. Might have to go for more than two days, but uh, that doesn't sound doesn't sound like I'll have a shortage of places to eat or drink. So, Nick, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, it was great having you on and, and getting to talk about a, a, a you know a really classic, great American city that uh, that sounds like it's uh, it's really doing some fun, interesting things. Well, cheers. We invite you all over here. Awesome. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Really, We really appreciate it, and we will see you back here next week. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to Vine Pair. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to drop us a line at podcast at vinepair.com. And if you really love the show, we'd love if you rate it and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and ratings really help other people discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is recorded in New York City at Vine Pair headquarters and in Seattle, Washington at Cloud Studios. Our engineer is Nick Patrick, and the show is produced by Zach Jawal. Our show logo was designed by Daniel Greenberg. Special thanks as well to the entire Vine Pair staff, including but not limited to my co-founder, Josh Mallon, and our editor-in-chief, Emily Saladino. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next week.